T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good. Sure, whatever you want to do. Top of the hour is brought to you by <laughs> Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Northwestern Football Program. I thought the show was over after that wonderful Will Purdue interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northwestern Football Program will return to Wrigley Field on November 7th as they host Wisconsin. Guarantee a ticket to this matchup with the purchase of season tickets. Buy now at nusports.com. Hi. It's Saturday suckage, but you already knew that. It's, um, we suck, so your self-quarantining doesn't have to. We go to the Alpamonte Ford hotline again, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. And as you may have heard this week, Governor Pritzker recommended that Chicago teams suspend, cancel, or hold off all sporting events until at least the 1st of May. And every Bulls fan says, thank you. And here's David Schuster. Hi, David. Hey, you got to look at the bright side here. I don't I know if they're going to I just did. No, 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 no. I'm going to be even brighter. You know, I don't know if they're going to play by May 1st. No one has any idea. This thing is still unfolding literally by the minute. Um, the bright side, though, is if they don't play at all until next season, the Bulls will be riding a win streak all the way from now until October because the last game that they played was a win against the hapless Cleveland Cavaliers. So right now the Bulls are on a win streak, and it's going to go on for who knows how long. But they're on a win streak, Rosie. That's the bright side. What was your favorite Jim Boylan timeout? <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're going to be looking at. I don't – this this – do you have any idea what this does to the the search for the, the whatever Reinsdorf is in charge of searching for someone with actual modern basketball sense of building a team and reaching out culturally and having some savvy in a, in a way to build a championship team as opposed to just assure yourself of a Boy Scout of a seven a number seven overall pick? Well, I imagine it actually. You know, and I, I wasn't the first person. I think Casey Johnson or Joe Collier or whoever else might have written this already. It probably gives them more time, obviously. Uh, it's not exactly like these executives got much else to do right now. I mean, there's no games. There's no roster moves. There's no nothing until some kind of decisions are made whenever those are going to be made. So right now, if you're Michael Reinsdorf, you're probably sitting at home, I'm guessing, and you have more time to do your due diligence and make phone calls and, and set up some interviews, although 
people probably won't want to travel to come here. That's that's a likelihood also. But I think in essence, it gives them more time to finally figure this thing out. And it will happen, by the way. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. So real quick, are they going to play the rest of the regular season or no? Who knows? Okay, so know. we don't know. Let's say let's say they don't. Is that bad for the Bulls? Because John Paxson had said a few weeks back, maybe a month ago now, that the, that the final twenty games were for the evaluation of his team because he had said that they still don't know what some of these players are. Yeah, I, I guess from that standpoint, yeah, sure it is. I mean, you know, what would you see? You saw Otto Porter Jr. for three games. Two of them were decent. One of them was horrible. You saw Lowry Markkinen for the same amount of games. One of them was good. The other two were horrible. You saw Wendell Carter Jr. back for the same span of games. Zach Levine has not played right. with any of these and guys. Right, and that ruins so it go, all. That screws it yeah, all up. Yeah, you, you, you haven't learned anything, right. to be honest with you, and you're still in a, in a like a big question mark mood. It doesn't yeah. matter whether you learned anything or not. They fired Fred Hoiberg when they admitted they never get Fred, They never gave Fred Hoiberg the kind of team they said they would. So it really doesn't matter. You can fire people without having uh, enough knowledge. The Bulls have done it on a regular basis. Freddie flew. Yeah. yeah, I guess they can make some decisions with no due diligence or whatever you want to call it behind you. Sure, they can do that. They have in the past, and I guess they will in the future too. Yeah. All right, so let's let's go back to your – all right, enough about the crappy team from now. But let's go back into your, your mental scrapbook. We were talking with Will Perdue a segment ago, 25th anniversary of Michael Jordan's faxing I'm yep. back. Wednesday. Yep. I remember – yeah, it's Wednesday's the anniversary, March 18th, and the next day they, they played in – in Indy, and he went seven for 28. But I remember, I think I just, it was Saturday, I just did a score show. I got off the air with a score, and then there was the facts. It's like, oh, my God, the world just changed. So where were you? What do you remember? What happened, David? What are the snapshots? What's in your mental scrapbook? Well, what I remember most is going to the Birdo Center, obviously, and I think it was a Saturday when yep. he first practiced, if I'm not mistaken, and, you know, that was a zoo. Um and, you know, the, then the whole thing unfolded. I don't think he had too much time to practice before that first game against Indiana. And obviously he was very rusty and he didn't look really good in that game at all. And then he became Michael Jordan, you know, the very shortly thereafter at Madison Square Garden. I heard you say the 57 with Bill Winnington. And I kid Winnington every single time I think I ever see him in regards to that. It's and, a great you know, line. Was, it's a great you know, line by is, Bill. You know? You know, probably put it on his tombstone, hopefully 50 or 60 years down the road. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he wasn't very good that very far. As a matter of fact, I, did they lose that first game at Indiana? And I yeah. think that was yeah. on, what, a they did Saturday? It was on a Sunday. It was, was an overtime, overtime loss, as a matter of fact. Um, okay. Yeah, they lost in overtime. Uh, Reggie Miller had 28. Scotty Pippen led all with 31. Yeah, well... You know, jadedly, you know, I mean, I was sad when he retired. Um, I don't know if I ever really bought the story that, you know, he's retiring for whatever the reasons were and he was going to go home and cut the grass, whatever. Um, But I was super selfish, jadedly thinking, okay, well, God, God is back, you know, and, and he gave us so many more memories thereafter. You know, Michael Jordan and I, I put this on my Facebook and Twitter page recently. It's top, counting down the top 50 plays of his. And honestly, his 50th play is better than most players, you know, whatever they've ever done in their life. And he's still the greatest athlete I'll ever hope to see. And honestly, guys, he, to me, he was a superstar off the court as well, because maybe minus one time, he was always available to us to talk to, and he just answered 
inane question after inane question, mm-hmm. you know, ro- you know, just for like an hour after the game. And I always thought he was just a prince to do stuff like that. Yeah, I know there were some th- things that people will uh, always say against Michael Jordan. But as a reporter, I just thought he was gold. And he, to me, he was a superstar both on and off the court. You're gonna, you guys are both going to love this, this text that I got from my uh, agent, Dan Dorfman. Um, he says, <laughs> "Your agent, my agent, yes, yeah. Dan Dorfman." Who he uh, had to listen because he, because Grody's got the car. Dorfman can't drive anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Dan is the guy, by the way. Dan Dorfman who wrote the 25th anniversary score piece. Interestingly enough, yep. coincidentally, uh, but but check it out. You're gonna love this. When the "I'm Back" press release came out, I quickly turned on Rosenblum, who, like today, was hosting Saturday mornings at the Score. Remember, in those days, it was still a daytime only signal on 8:20. A.M. Rosenblum correctly <laughs> predicted Ahmad Rashad would get the first interview. When I got up to Deerfield and fed what I could to the sports editor, he asked if there was anything from Jordan. And borrowing from what Steve said, I said to the editor, I bet a dollar Ahmad Rashad will have the first interview. The guy laughed. So I'm glad that Steve Rosenblum was able to create this moment for radio and for my guy, Dan Dorfman. And and I, I think we have to I, – I, I appreciate your memory, Dan. Thank you. I think we need to instruct the kids listening today to ask your parents what a fax machine is. <laughs> because it was. It was. I'm back. And I was, the, I was at the Sun-Times as well as the score back then. And, and we just ran the big headline. I think we ran it in, like, war ends type – size it must have been 72 point type and and it was just i'm back and it was all about the facts because that's what we did we used to at the score used to be able to send in your there was no text machine we didn't do that we had a fax machine barrett's home theater score fax machine there you go and i was just a listener man (laughs) i was just a kid wanting to work on the score when that was going on yeah and, of course, guys, a lot of people will remember also when he did come back, he didn't wear the famous number 23 uniform for a while. He eventually um, did. He eventually did. And, and who, who, who was the Nick famous Anderson. line? Was it Nick Anderson. Uh, Nick 40. Anderson who says, well, that, that, whatever number he was wearing, I can't even remember 45. what it was. 45. 45, that's right. Uh, that 45 is nowhere what the 23 was. And, and that Jordan used that in the offseason. And the next time he played Orlando that next year, like he did to almost everybody else, he butchered them. Yes. And that's what I will always remember about Michael Jordan more than anything else, his competitive will and wanting to squash people. And, uh, you know, that's, that's who he was. He was not only the greatest athlete I'll ever hope to see, he was the most competitive greatest athlete I'll ever hope to see. He was just something else. And, and in a different way, he adopted it. When Pulp Fiction came out, he, he made a ra- – the, the Bulls locker room, was, he was known for regularly saying, I'm going to go medieval on your ass. That's how he went about it. But he did. He didn't have to make stuff up when it was that, when, when it was that obvious and nick anderson when he said 45 doesn't look like 23 out there and then he started wearing 23 and getting fined and the bulls got fined one of the points will purdue made and we all noticed it he talked about watching michael play baseball in nashville and saw how big he was he had a baseball body when he came back to play basketball he still had a baseball body and you can see it you can see the difference and what happened in the offseason david what is he got back to rigorously training to get back to his basketball body, and then they just started winning. That was a 72-win season. 
Well, and everybody you know probably remembers that he and Scotty and uh, Harper um, would work out famously in the morning. I think at Michael's house um, up in Highland Park, and you know even before they went over to the Birdo Center, and you know that got him back into basketball shape. And yeah, he wasn't ready to go. I mean, even even God is not able off off that kind of time away from the game to be in, you know, basketball shape. So it took him an off season to get back. And, and then there he was. And I got to also bring up one other famous story that I'll always remember about Michael Jordan. It was a back-to-back against Washington. And it was a Saturday, Sunday afternoon. The first game was at the United Center, the second game back in Washington. And Washington won the game on Saturday. And LeBradford Smith, who was a decent player out of Louisville, he had a really good game against, and Jordan was guarding him most of the game. And I think LeBradford Smith finished with like 38 points and had the game-winning basket or something like that. Jordan was so steamed after the game. And you knew what was going to happen the next day. The next day in the back-to-back situation, fortunately for everybody, Jordan goes out and scores 40 in the first half against LeBradford Smith, and the Bulls just destroyed them in the back-to-back. That is who Michael Jordan was. I will never forget that story. And did you see a movie, David? I did. It might be the last one for a while. Why? I, Why? Well, Are they closing down your theaters? Movie. Look, you go into the United Center where there's 20,000 sweaty <laughs> respiratory droplets Just around. bring a tarp, man. <laughs> you I, go at a funny. time when there's nobody in the theater anyways. Well, I do. I do. I, the movie I saw the other day, there were four people in the theater, which is to my absolute delight. I got to tell you real quickly, I got to, you know, everybody is covering their you-know-whats. You know, CEOs and they're sending out stuff. So I I got a letter from the CEO of AMC Movie Theaters saying, well, we're going to limit our theaters to only 50% capacity. So in a 500-seat theater, we're only going to sell 250 seats. Guess what, buddy? You're not going to sell the 250 seats. People are not going to be coming. They're just – people are paranoid, and understandably so. But I did see this one movie. Uh, it was the Ben Affleck movie. I promised you I would see it from last week. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's The Way Back where he plays – now, I won't even call him a recovering alcoholic because I think, you know, he still is in the midst of this movie. And it's really close to home because he's going through a divorce in this movie or he just went through a divorce. He's an alcoholic. And that's pretty true to what his real life has been over the last bunch of years. He's really good in this movie. There's a sports theme, obviously. He's a basketball coach or he comes out of, uh, you know, from one job to become a part-time basketball coach. And he's a really good actor. He's been in some really good movies over the years. Argo is absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's pretty good in this movie. So if you have the guts to go to a movie theater, I would recommend this movie. That's, that's funny you say that because, like, Ben Affleck, I don't think – like, he's, he's gotten better as it's gone along. Like, there was a time when he just wasn't respected as an actor, but – um, you know, he was great in the town, and then the movie yeah. where he played like the the hitman genius. Um, yep. Um, I, I can't remember the name of it, but he was he was great in that. Have you seen, by the way, the only movie like I was thinking about seeing a movie yesterday, and just nothing really jumped out. But one I think I might see is The Gentleman. Have you seen The Gentleman, or do you know anything no, about it? No, I, I didn't. You know, the trailer was really interesting. It got I think really horrible reviews, and I think it was. In, in and out of most theaters, like, super quick. You know, if you're able to find it somewhere, no, it's God still bless. there. It's still at, at AMC and, and Michigan Avenue. And it got eight eight 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. So, I mean, That's 74%. That's right? 
I need closed captions when it's British. <laughs> is it, I is can't it, hear is and it? I can't understand the. I think it's British. No, I, I mean I'm with you. Like there, there's been I can't television that. series that I've watched that are are British right. and they get real deep when when it's not the Queen's English. You got to have the subtitles. You know, I'm not not to disagree with you because I loved Argo and I think Ben Ben Affleck's terrific actor later. But yeah. if you go back and you watch like Mallrats, he was terrific. He, you hated him so much. We used to joke about it, popular male, fashionable male, popular girl, and all the stores in the mall, gerbils, gerbils, gerbils. But he was in that, and he was so detestable. He was so good at that. And maybe he wasn't acting, for all I know. Maybe that's the way he was in his in his feckless youth. But that's what... He was so good at that age. I think I had the movie Pearl Harbor in my mind. You know, for some no, reason, like no, that was just sorry. atrocious. Sometimes. Oh, the the accountant is the movie that I was trying to think of. That was great. Was a, yeah. yeah, the accountant was one of those. Uh, oh gosh, um, it didn't get that much acclaim from most people, but he was really good in great. that movie. It was an movie. understated role, and yes, he was a hitman in that movie. Gone yes. Girl. All right, David. Thank you for all reports, and so I'll I- talk to you in October when there's basketball again, right? No, it's much more enjoyable talking to you when there's no basketball. Yeah, what will become no of you? To discuss. What will He's going to go to movies. <laughs> what will become of you, David? I don't know. We I'm need to talk gonna, to Schuster. I'm just gonna nobody evaporate. puts a suck in Saturday suckage <laughs> like Schuster. He's going to evaporate. Schuster, <laughs> Schuster evaporates. No, don't evaporate. Don't be one of the respiratory Dopplets, David. <laughs> it's like it's like that in the movie, you know, the Marvel movie Thanos or whatever he is. I'm just going to evaporate into the thin air. Uh, no, All right, the Wicked Witch Never. of the Birdo Center. Thanks, David. See you guys. All right, David. That sounds right. Like, David, David a guy who, like, covers sports, like, pretty much every day of his life. Like, he's in a locker room or a clubhouse or a dressing room or a studio, and he just, I'm melting. All right, we'll take a break. We, uh, we have, you know, we welcome your phone calls and whatever you're doing today, and I guess what you're doing today without sports is so there there's this guy at, at the in the this very crowded my favorite trader joe's ryan baxter the man with two first names saying okay you're doing a sports talk show and there's no sports that'll suck and i said exactly yep. we are that's why we're here this is the glory days for this particular show right now it this is, is it i'll talk about the cubs glory days the golden age of suckage the golden age of suckage even even in the wake of the of the bulls and the blackhawks not making the playoffs again. Uh-huh. 312-644-6767 is the number. Text number you already know. 67011. And speaking of Saturday suckage, the Bulls and Hawks, while sucking, are two of the teams, the franchises, and they have players who have yet to step up and take care of the arena workers losing money, losing paychecks, with the seasons that have been ended abruptly because of the coronavirus. Um, John Greenberg of The Athletic wrote a really good piece about dollar for dollar, what it means. But when you're, I mean, I, I, there, was, there are lists that go on and on about teams that are helping their workers, guaranteeing they'll get paid. They're players. Giannis, Zion, Zion's 19. Okay. Yeah. Zion's 19. The Blackhawks yeah. are a charter member of the NHL. They Kobe White's 20. They haven't reached out to Zion's donating $100,000 to the, the workers in, in New Orleans. Blake Griffin. Um, Sergey Bobrovsky, the goaltender, free agent goaltender, who signed Whoop. with Florida, Joel, Joel Quenville. Now, the Penguins are, are in the Mario Lemieux uh, Foundation are making sure the arena, they, at least they get paid through the end of the season. 
the Suns are doing it. The Suns as an organization, the Warriors as an organization. So unless I've missed it, and I read John Greenberg's piece in The Athletic, and I've looked, poked around the websites, I have not seen the Bulls or Hawks, mm. Zach Levine, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, John McDonough, Jay Blunk, I, Jerry Reinsdorf. These, these are very loyal people. These are or, Rocky Wirtz, a, a man who comes from a family built on loyalty, fierce yeah. loyalty. Chairman Reinsdorf, I mean, we've seen John Paxson keeps a job out of fierce, misguided loyalty. So you would think that the people who, off whom they've made billions in the United Center, off who have helped them produce some of those billions, would be taken care of. No, yeah. they're missing. They're missing a huge number, huge, huge amount of money with each game not being played. Again, it gets back to what we were discussing earlier. They're not missing games. I think. They, the arena workers should be, these people need to step up and compensate them. And, and typically, say what you want about Reinsdorf, the one of the things, he's usually pretty generous. Exactly. With outside entities and things he, like that. Exactly. Like, you know, and, and you mentioned the loyalty. Yeah. Jeremy Lin? Jeremy Lin has donated $150,000 to UNICEF USA. That's now that matches an earlier donation he made to combat the coronavirus outbreak in China. And he tweeted as part of it, love melts hate, light outshines darkness. Be a part of the change you want to see. That was on his Instagram. Aw. Yeah. So, okay. He's still playing, huh? Well, he's still Instagramming. <laughs> I'm Steve Rosen. He's Mark Grody. We are Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we have some Jeopardy champion on Jeopardy champion hate in this coronavirus era. We just talked about all the nice things that celebrity sports teams are doing. You know, you got teams like the Suns and the Warriors and the Penguins, the Mario Lemieux Foundation, making sure that the arena workers get paid. And you got names like like Bobrovsky and and you've got names like um, Giannis and and Blake Griffin and and Zion, nineteen year old kid, he knows enough. He knows more than the Bulls and Hawks and their players to donate to put up money to help the arena workers get paid during this time. So you have that solid feeling. And then here's James Holzhauer, right? The local kid, Naperville kid, the sports better who is on the he ran the table for like eight weeks. Was on the ultimate, ultimate, Jeopardy. yeah, Jeopardy tournament of champions. He was on the score with lost to Ken Jennings. Right, he was on the score. I think with I want to say with Parko and McNeil. Yeah. yeah, 
So he tweeted out, since Ken Jennings took over as Jeopardy Goat, dash, nationwide state of emergency, dash, all major sports canceled, dash, stock market crash, hashtag impeach Ken. So we have some Jeopardy champion on Jeopardy champion (laughs) 8. Connecting the dots, eh, Steve? I'm just, I'm just reporting it. That's all I can do. And 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 I have a story about um, story that takes us to Canada, north of the border. That uh, uh, several stories that are that are nice and chuckling, and we'll do that as soon as we we go to the phones. And right now, we'll talk with Mike in Midway. Mike, welcome to the score. How how much does your life Hold suck? On. How much does your life suck that you're calling it us sucks today? Because after toilet paper. Comes ammunition. 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 <laughs> How much you been drinking? Are you waking and baking, Mike? You got some shooting to do, Mike. Are you waking and baking? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's okay. Stop that. It's okay. No, we encourage that. This is the wake and bake club. It's but... legal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then I'd be smoking and joking. Alrighty then. You got the laugh, bruh. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, but ammunition is up 68%. Up? What do you mean? The purchase it, of bullets? Oh. Yes. Up bullets 68% since, wh- since when? And where did you All see week. this? Where's your source? What's your source, Mike? My source, my source is everywhere. People are saying, what are they buying? They're buying toilet paper and bullets. Why? Why? What's the logic Bullets there? Bullets and butts, huh? I don't know the logic. That's for the suckage to bring the logic. All right, we'll work on it. Well, Mike, thanks for the update. We appreciate that. And which do you have more of, toilet paper or bullets? Toilet paper. Good for you. Good for you. Um, <laughs> I, and I wish you good Why, luck. Are you going to get me on the, the, the list if I said bullets? No, there's no list. Just I don't even own. I don't even own a gun. Mike, Mike, look at me. Mike, look at me. All right, Mike, are you looking at me? Yeah, I'm looking right at you. We're gonna get you on a list. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to be on a list. Thanks, Mike. You're the best. The toilet paper list. There you go. (laughs) See, the Jews have solved that. You just eat matzah, and you don't need toilet paper. (laughs) There you go. Because you're just bound up from all uh-huh. that. Rice does the same thing, right? Doesn't rice isn't rice binding? I don't know. I don't know. But matzah is, I know. That's why Passover is a dreadful, dreadful holiday. Mike was a treat, root. by the way. Yeah, I, he I don't is. know if you appreciated him. Bullets enough. and butts. That's re- that's really nice. Okay. All right. John, it explains. Welcome to the score. Hi, guys. How are you this morning? You know, we're a sports show that talks about sports with no sports going on. So Saturday Suckage is right here for you. And Mike. <laughs> and Mike with his bullets and butts. I um, kind of had a funny story involving the I'm back facts that morning. Mm-hmm. My daughter that year was a stringer for the Waukegan News Sun. Um, and that Saturday morning, not knowing what was going on, we were out grocery shopping, went near the Birdo Center and saw the crowd. So she had her credentials with her. We pulled in, and she met up with Philip Walters, the late Philip Walters from Channel 5. Yeah, the reporter, Phil Walters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you right. said Philip, it threw me off. You made him very formal. In, he wasn't that, Phil wasn't that formal. An incredibly nice guy who had to have either a cigarette, or a cup of coffee all day long. 
And so what happened is for two Starbucks, he would agree, he agreed to get our daughter into the press conference to be able to snare something for her to be able to write for the newspaper. So we're hanging around. This is about 1030 in the morning. We're hanging around. She gets the coffee. She goes in, brings the coffee back to him. And he says to us, at 1125, the announcement is going to be made. Stay close to him, which she did. I stayed out in the car. I watched what was going on. She went in. She did what she did with him. Channel 5 had also sent up John Kelly, who was their number one sports guy, to be there to try to do the sports angle on the whole thing. Philip Walters comes out and tells John Kelly, the announcement is scheduled to be made at 11.35. Why don't you go out to your car? And the parking lots were filled. And his car was a good 300 yards away from the security gate at the Birdo Center at the time. He goes out to his car at 11.15 to go put makeup on so he could be ready to do his stand-up. Now, Walters obviously was getting him out of the way. Uh, John Kelly was not very well liked by the people he worked with. So at 11.25, as he had told us, the announcement is made. My daughter got in, was able to do enough to get a story out, got the original copies of the facts itself, which was on the Bulls championship letterhead, just saying, I'm back. And Kelly missed the whole thing because he's sitting in the car putting makeup on. At 11.26, a yellow Corvette comes shooting out of the parking lot at the Alberto Center. And Jordan is waving to the thousand or so people who are outside the Birdo Center. He stayed in there long enough to talk to Ahmad Rashad and Philip Walters and then disappeared. And Kelly is sitting in his car putting on his makeup after, as the whole thing happens and everybody disperses. Wow. And where was your daughter while uh, Phil Walters was interviewing Michael Jordan? Standing right next to Philip Walters. There's a lesson in resourcefulness. Yeah. Coffee, yep, absolutely. coffee and smokes, whatever whatever the currency of the realm is for that guy at that time, you do that. And now her journalism career continues to the day. Well, I'm sorry so, to hear that, but what is she doing? She's a professor of journalism at the University of Missouri J School. Sweet. Is she teaching everybody to get a blow dryer? Because teaching anybody to get a laptop might be dangerous i i want well in in actuality to answer the question she is coordinating all of the online education for the journalism school and has spent the last four days transitioning classes to online only to be able to continue the classes for the end of the semester the university itself itself is shut down Mm -hmm. they've shut down for the entire semester but she has put together the online curriculum for kids who are up there to be able to at least finish out the semester. Oh, good. That's e-learning. That's what uh, local school systems are getting used to that, too. They shut down all the schools, and it's e-learning for all the students the rest of the way. And, journalism, will, journalism will never die. Newspapers will, but journalism will never die. The, 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 footwork, the, the work, the boots on the ground, the phone calls, the same, the same traits are needed, the same work ethic 
will apply. It's just going to be in digital instead of in ink. And she was smart enough to get into that in her later years in undergrad. And when she accepted the job at Mizzou, it was specifically to begin the transition of multi-platform journalism towards e-journalism. So she got a couple of years ahead of it, and she was positioned perfectly for when this happened. That is professionally she was. John, thanks for the story. We appreciate it. And uh, as for John Kelly, though, your daughter at a, yeah, well, can we get Tom Sharon to corroborate all this uh, John Kelly stuff? So, so we don't need it corroborated. It's just it <laughs> it's is, a good enough story. It is her story. It is. Okay. It is. All right. It is what it is. John Kelly, Keith and Rockford. Keith, welcome to the score. Hey, I was going to ask you about the uh, sign of Danny Trevathan. Does that mean it's bye-bye Kwiatkowski? And uh, do you think there'll be a free agent frenzy within a day or two? And what, where do you think Tom Brady's going to end up? Wow. Pretty much it. Yeah, I so, think he's with the Cincinnati Reds because everyone else is. Thanks for the call. Tonight, Keith. by the way, is the, the deadline to vote on the new collective bargaining agreement. Things are happening fast here in the NFL. Monday, franchise tags are due. Also on Monday, the start of the supposed legal tampering period where teams can negotiate with agents of soon-to-be unrestricted free agents. And Wednesday is the day that that you can make things absolutely official. I do think that the signing of Danny Trevathan probably means that Nick Kwiatkowski is gone, but I don't know that it's a slam dunk because one thing that is that is good that clearly Ryan Pace is seeing is that they have to go out of their way to because of with all the insecurity of the offense, you better keep that damn defense good. You better keep that thing together. And part of it is keeping Danny Trevathan, who still is the better player than Nick Kwiatkowski, as good of a season as he had. He is still the faster player, the player who fits better in this system, the player who works better with Roquan Smith. So it, you still have the better player. And it would be great to have Kwiatkowski back as far as depth is concerned. But I think that that was, that was the smart move. And if they did choose between the two, if that's what they were doing, they chose the right guy. But I, it, it seems like it would be difficult at this point to keep Kukowski too. Did they choose the, white, the right guy in, in terms of telling you that what matters is right here, right now? Yeah. Yes. Yes, because he's 29. He's right. 29. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, how, how much le- does he have left in the tank? And he, when he was healthy last year, he had not lost the proverbial step. He was still just as fast and just as effective as he had ever been in his career. Staying healthy has been a trick for him, so the depth has to be real. I don't know what they think about the possibility of bringing somebody like Kevin Pierre-Lewis back, but he also, Kevin Pierre-Lewis also fits that type of player, those traits of Roquan Smith, Danny Trevor, Vaith and the faster, twitchier types of players, like that clearly is what they're thinking when they think about their linebackers. And I think Kwiatkowski is, is a good NFL player. I don't think he's ever going to be great. Kevin Pierre-Lewis going to cost you a lot less. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I mean, matters when you're when you're paying some of the salaries that they're saying uh-huh. that they're paying. And, and he is, like, traits-wise, Kevin Pierre-Lewis is more of what the Bears value than, than Nick Kwiatkowski, as good as he is. He just makes plays. Kwiatkowski makes plays. He's in That's, the right place. He's a smart, smart player. The measurables player. aren't always perfect for him, but 
he makes plays. I think fundamentally, like yeah. Nick Kwiatkowski, like just tackling and so like he 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 puts on an exhibition in that regard. Like mm-hmm. he is a really good tackler. You know, what I mean, in, in this day and age, because of all the penalties that exist and the rules against the defense, it's it's pretty. That's a pretty. Um, high prioritized skill to have these days and, and Nick Witkowski's got it. So wherever he ends up, you're getting a good football player. I hope it's with the Bears, but I would I would think that they maybe just made their choice. All right, there's the that quarterback thing that the Bears have to deal with. We'll take a break when we come back. I will ask you about the other major decision they have to make. And I just I think it's a real easy decision. I'll see what you think. He's Mark Grody. He covers the Bears, my friend. Bears. And I'm Steve Rosenblum, and this is Saturday Suckage. We suck so your self-quarantining doesn't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. All the injuries that they've had in that tight end room the last couple of years. Uzama starting to come into his own. Dalton, a little play for direction. He's got Willis, and he is into the end zone for the touchdown. And how about that answer for Cincinnati? Little rocket, man. No, the other position. Welcome in, welcome back. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Rohde. Saturday suckage like it ought to be. Uh, top of the hour, we'll talk to Eli. It's sort of make it. It's a maintenance check, wellness right? Check. A well wellness yeah. check on somebody whose life became all sports betting all the con- all the time, and there's no sports to bet on. So. We're going to check on a friend of ours. I'd also like to um, rid him of his developing, emerging East Coast accent. Because he says tournament? He says tournament for some tournament. ridiculous reason. So I'm going to have at it with you. That, that's my main reason. And and to make sure he's okay because this is this is Eli's time, and now it is not Eli's time. I, you know what? They will find something to bet on. I, had, um, I remember my first beat was the L.A. Kings following hockey in L.A., and back then, they flew commercial. Everybody flew commercial. So we're all waiting for our bags at the same time. They would bet on whose bag came down first. <laughs> Everybody had X number of dollars, and that was it. And your bag came down off the carousel first. You won. That was it. Beautiful. That's how they did it. Tournament. Always tournament. Yeah, we got Eli talking tournament. Tournament. Uh, yeah, the next the- hour, Mark Rohde had a, some – he's introducing some hallucinogenic – ideas into the Wake and Bake Club's bloodstream. And by the way, we haven't talked about sanitizing bongs. We'll have to do that. But here's a here's a handy home hint. Everybody's talking about the dearth of hand sanitizer, right? The Purell we have it in the studio, but it's gone with the wipes, whatever. If you find if you find you can't get hand sanitizer, here is the the recipe. Take Aloe without lidocaine. Lidocaine's a topical anesthetic. No lidocaine in the aloe. Take aloe gel and mix it with rubbing alcohol. Two to one. Two parts, al- light, uh, two parts aloe, one part rubbing alcohol, and you've got hand sanitizer. Bingo. It's essentially the same thing. Now, what they haven't talked about, well, well, they've talked about toilet paper and hand sanitizer and these wipes, the Lysol wipes, whatever they are, there has been a run on isopropyl, which a lot of people already knew that, okay, if you mix this with aloe, then I got myself some hand sanitizer. But if you can come across it, you can ad lib. So that's a handy home hint because then we're pleasers, not teasers here on Saturday Suckage. That's what we do. And it would be a a good way to clean your bong if that's what you resort to. That's good stuff. Um, (laughs) 
Thank you. A warning, too, to people out there in the great, big, beautiful city of Chicago. There, as you know, this is old news that there are no parades, no St. Patrick's Day parades, but. The St. Patrick's Day people are out today. I don't know if you noticed, Steve. Uh, uh, I have. In, don't don't gather with large crowds except in Irish bars. Seriously, like there was a what is it about forty degrees out right now? There is a Irish bar near where I live downtown that was there was probably a good fifty people gathered in on the outdoor portion in the beer. Gar- so I guess maybe that's the safety standard. Out there drinking their Guinnesses, wearing their their green. I mean, this this virus hangs in the air for hours. You can't stop the Irish, man. They are they are out there. It is this is a this is it. This is the holiday today. This is day drinking in the city of Chicago. So if you're into that, enjoy. If this you're your not, day. this is all the more reason to be quarantined. Okay, so I have a question. We talked about the various positions as free agency comes. Yeah. Leonard Floyd, Ex- agree to that deal or cut him loose. This is a guy who is playing opposite Fleetwood Mac. The whole band was rushing, and this guy could not get one. Sa- he got one sack in the 15 games after the opener against Green Bay. Why would you pay him that kind of money? Well, it's a good question, and I think that the the only way for the Bears to truly get what they want in free agency to rebuild and build up the offense is continue to be creative and, cl- and clear up salary cap space. They did it already with Taylor Gabriel and Prince of Mukamara. It wasn't a lot, but I think that they have to con- – and I don't know that it would be being creative to cut Leonard Floyd, but it's not the worst idea in the world because – I'm not even. I'm not giving any excuses on money and salary cap. I am saying you've got to be creative and get the best possible personnel, even if it is Teddy Bridgewater to back up Mitchell Trubisky. Like he people, doesn't come in here to back up. He's better well, than Mitchell. Wh- whatever, whatever. Almost everybody I'm, out there is. And by the way, can I? Can we talk about this for a minute? This Andy Dalton talk. He's Jay Cutler. I know. He's Jay Cutler. In fact, football Pro Football Reference would cite Jay Cutler as one of the most common comps. In Dalton's career, we did Jay Cutler. Is there anybody on that list? This list of guys, Tom Brady. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, realistically, the Bridgewater, Winston, Mariota, Rivers, um, Keenum, Foles, Carr, um, Carr, Dalton, Carr's your guy. Carr's, uh, on that list, Carr's my guy. Here's what I think I'd like to see: Do not pick up. See, I'm really afraid Ryan Pace should not be allowed to make another quarterback decision. The Bears aren't smart enough to fire him because this is all about quarterback decisions. He has failed at every step of the way. He didn't get rid of Cutler immediately. He paid Mike Lennon. He traded up to draft the one guy of the top three quarterbacks who sucks. So he's wrong everywhere along the way, and now he's going to be making quarterback decisions. He should never be allowed to do that. He'll set this franchise back another 10 years. So that's where you're headed. Did you trust Matt Nagy? A little more than pace, like like if Nagy said that's the guy I can mold into the quarterback and the and the talk that I've given you since I walked in here. Nagy would do it differently, and I'll tell you why. He's figured out <clears throat> two things. One were one was his own failure. Matt Nagy tried to approach Mitchell Trubisky the way Matt Nagy approached Pat Mahomes, and Matt Mahomes said it. Mahomes gave you the blueprint, the template. The way he, the way Nagy talked to him, explained things, worked him through, 
And you found out that Mahomes was a student. 300-level student. But a student who would who would respond to the way Matt Nagy sat him down. What we found and what we've heard, what we've interpreted, Mitch Trubisky tells you he's a rep-based quarterback. Matt Nagy backs it up by saying he's got to be a master of, of all coverages. They're indicting Mitch Trubisky for being incapable of learning at the – he doesn't know how to learn. He hasn't learned how to learn at the NFL level, and that's a massive failure three years in, going into his fourth year, fifth year, wherever he's going to go to, however long this is going to go, you cannot pick that up. You can draft somebody as best you can. I'm more in favor of that. But again, that's Ryan Pace making decisions. But if Matt Nagy has a chance to question him, remember Ryan Pace was the guy who got all googly-eyed over his first date at the steakhouse with Mitch Trubisky, because the guy could make a reservations and and drove a beat-up car. Matt Nagy talking to whoever the prospective quarterback is and knowing this is the way Matt Nagy wants to teach him because it worked with Pat Pat Mahomes, might be able to be a better gauge on whether this is going to work because of the way he talks to the prospective quarterback. And I have my theory, my three-game theory for Trubisky. I think he's going to be the starter. I do think that they'll build some things. Well, they have to build some things around him. And if he is not better. Three games. Three games. Not even the four that Mike Lennon got. So he's getting less than Mike Lennon. I didn't think about the Mike Lennon factor. I give him three games. Three games. And if 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 it looks anything close to what it was last year and to two years ago to a lesser degree, then he's out, and it'll be whomever they they bring in. Um, I, I'm kind of more in the I know who I don't want it to be. I don't want to see Marcus Mariota there, and we've heard that dot connecting too, um, because Pace like him. I mean, that's just a huge. I mean, you can't. It can't be a risk. The next. But Back Pace up. wouldn't believe it's a risk because he really liked him in the draft before. Yeah, and then, oh, he was just misused. He was miscoached. But don't you think we that, have the right guy? Don't you think a GM can learn though? Don't you think he's probably a little bit damaged by this experience no. with Trubisky? Like no. he's not going to do that. Like I'm not going. Why? Why? why I don't not? think he can learn. Why? He hasn't learned anything about quarterbacks. He's gotten it wrong every step of the way. What has he learned about quarterbacks? We've learned that he doesn't know anything about quarterbacks. I don't see where he's learned anything. He came out in the post in the postseason and told us that he really likes Mitch Trubisky's accuracy and progress. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky regressed. He was inaccurate. Ryan Pace is a liar. I don't want to. I don't want him making another quarterback decision. What if he drafted Jake Fromm in the second round with his with the fiftieth pick overall? Close the franchise. What about Jalen Hurts again? If this is if this is Ryan Pace making the decision, it's going to be wrong. You're done. See you next decade. Bears. All right. We don't know if sports will have to see you next decade, but we know someone is suffering from it. We'll see what kind of withdrawals he's going through after this. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Saturday suckage, like it ought to be. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.